Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of season two of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Richie. Richie, what's up? What's up, buddy? How'd you like week one of the preseason? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it, just a lot, a lot of box score watching, but... Uh, <laughs> I did watch the Cardinals game, so there's that. And that one has actually not a bad game, so... It wasn't. It, it was a it was pretty exciting finish. It's exciting finish. The game itself was uh, was competitive. I mean, the fact that the Broncos played their starters for most of the game, or most of the first half, and played the Cardinals' defense, that was... Uh, for the their second and third strings to hold up against their starters was pretty good. Yeah, Cardinals defense looked uh, a lot better than than I expected, for sure. Sorry, the wife is calling. Oh, I don't know if she didn't realize what time it was, well, but <laughs> that takes priority. If you need to take a phone call, I can hop in and introduce our top five. <laughs> I just uh, text her, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll dive in anyway. So this was my idea as I was writing up the notes for this. Um, I figure we can preview, you know, as we get closer to the season, we got a couple things that we can talk about, uh, you know, the teams we think are going to be the worst or the best. But this week I think we'll uh, just some top five things we're most excited to see in 2023. Um, spoiler alert, I came up with more than five, so... Um, I might, which is hilarious to me <laughs> because whenever I do more than five on these things, you're like, it's called a top five. I, I didn't say I'm going to name them all. I will pick five of the ones oh, okay. I listed. Um, but when I got okay, on a gotcha, roll, gotcha. I just started writing out everything I was excited to see. Um, but I will pick five from this list. All right. Well, this will be more interesting to see the ones you pick then. Yes. So, uh, I'll go first then. Um, and I'm going to go with the first thing I wrote down because um, it's definitely the first thing that popped into my mind. And that is the Chargers offense with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Uh, he comes over from Dallas. They've been a pretty good offense for the last couple years under him. A lot of deep balls, um, which is great for Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and the rookie Quinton Johnson. Um, it's good for, could be good for Justin Herbert. Um, you know, and obviously we've mentioned before, we've... We lived in San Diego both for a while, so the Chargers are, are kind of like an honorary favorite team. They they Just the last couple of years, with all the talent they have, they just keep falling a little bit short. So I'm just really hoping this is finally the year where they put everything together. They've got a high-octane, explosive offense. Um, and Justin Herbert, you know, is a dark horse MVP candidate. They couldn't do much worse than they did last year, so <laughs> we'll see how. I mean, he the first half of the season last season, he looked good. Then somehow they just completely fell apart. So yeah, well, you figure the, maybe maybe the playoff loss to the the Jaguars last year, and then missing the playoffs by like I think in the last week of the season two years ago. So they just had some heartbreaking ends of the season, and they, they haven't really reached that top offense that they're capable of you know when people talk about the most explosive offenses it's like oh kansas city miami buffalo but like the chargers really should be up there with all that talent 
Well, the biggest problem, I think, is that if if Eckler doesn't do what he did last year, they're in a massive hole. That guy led the league. What? MVP candidate? Did he win MVP? No. Is he Mahomes close? I don't remember. Running backs still win MVP in 2023. <laughs> yeah, well, they really should. Yeah. But um, Eckler led the league in touchdowns. Uh, you know, he did everything for that team. Passing, running, everything. So... Unless they can start getting everyone involved, there's really – it's early on his back. And if he can't carry it again because he's getting older, it'll be real trouble. Well, and that's why I'm so. hoping that they finally get the passing game to be as explosive as, as it should be on paper with all those receivers and the talent Justin Herbert has. So that's why I'm excited yep, to see. For sure. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um. So my first one is – I could give two flying craps less about the team he plays for, but mine is I really like Tony Pollard, the running back, and the fact that he's now not playing second fiddle to Ezekiel Elliott in uh, Dallas. I'm really excited to see if he's more of a theoretic on the Lions type thing. If you are, that's a deep cut for if you're Lions fans, but uh, let's say for Commanders fans, what was the. J- is it J.D. McKissick? It was J.D. McKissick, yes. J.D. McKissick. Well, you know the guy that, like, caught the ball a lot, got a lot of uh, touchdowns. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is another one. Yes, exactly. Is he that guy who's never not really a number one guy? Or can he be what he was as a backup to Elliott and more as the number one guy? Um, I went, We talked about this last, last season about how, you know, they got Pollard. Ezekiel is probably on his way out, and look what ended up happening. We were right, yep. so here he is with that chance, and we'll see uh, if he can take advantage of it. I'm excited to see that, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're they're betting a lot on Tony Pollard. They haven't really brought in anybody else behind him, um, and then now that Elliott signed and Dalvin Cook signed, like they could sign Leonard Fournette, they could sign somebody that gets cut after preseason. Um, or they could just roll out Deuce Vaughn and, and Malik Davis as the backups and, and ride Pollard. But um, it's really going to make a break for the Cowboys because if they don't have that dominant run game they've had with Zeke, you know teams can, can sell out against the pass, and that's really going to hurt them. Yeah, especially with Dak. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, especially if he gets hurt again. That'll be even worse. Yeah, for yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of Cooper Rush time, staying healthy. Uh, my number two, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot uh, down my list a little bit and go with, uh, Tua. Can Tua stay healthy and, and play a full season? Because when he, when he was healthy last year, man, the Dolphins offense was just firing on all cylinders. And, you know, Jalen Waddle and, uh, who's that? Tyreek Hill. Oh, Tyreek. Yeah. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were both in the top three of receiving leaders for like the first six yeah, weeks. That that game Leading against the, the league. Ravens, where they it was like forty-seven to forty-five was the final or something, and they the Dolphins led a, a second half comeback. Like that was so exciting to see. And then you got like three concussions in two weeks, and was unfortunately never the same. So now it's. Can he stay upright? Can he stay healthy? Because, frankly, at this point in his career, if he keeps getting concussions, he may not last much longer in the NFL at all. So I really hope he can stay healthy yeah, exactly. and be safe and, and live up to that potential that they had in the first half of the season last year. 
I agree. I, I, I hope there's no long-term effects of those multiple, uh, <clears throat> what do you Concussions? call it? Concussions that he got. You remember that one he got where his hands like froze and he was on his back and everybody was like freaking out about it? Like that was terrifying. Yeah, it it was very bad. And that was the second one, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I like to a lot. I like to watch him play. I like the Dolphins a lot just in general. So I really hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, My first two have been... You know, hatred laden with my uh, with teams I you're, don't really you're like. Excited but to see teams you hate for some reason. Yeah, you know. Well, the fall of the Green Bay Packers—that's another one for me. It's like I'm ready for I'm ready for new new things happening in the NFC North, and uh, hopefully that involves the Lions. Um, but and that would definitely be new because they have not won a division title. I believe since I've been a Lions fan. So really, um, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a, I. You, I'll look it up I'll here in a second up. when you're on your next point. Okay, there you go. But yeah, the, I, it's just going to be interesting to see now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. We went from Favre to Rodgers. Now we're going from Rodgers to Love. No one could have expected what Rodgers would do after Favre left. Um. So to say that Love's not going to be able to do that, I think it's that's – I would have said the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Love. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers, but he was also a first-round pick. So we'll see what happens with the Packers. It'll be interesting just to see um, – because I feel like Aaron Rodgers did a lot with nothing in his last few seasons there. And now – pivoting to Jordan Love doing a lot with nothing. I just don't see that happening. So Aaron Jones probably going to carry that team on his back and we'll see what, but we'll see what happens with the Packers. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be very bad? We will see. Um, so real quick, Lions last division championship was the NFC central uh, before the realignment in 1990, 1991, three. They also won in 91, 93. but they, yeah, last one was 93. So 30 years. That is quite a long time. And I started watching the Lions in 1997-98. Okay. So. Um, I agree about the Packers. I will say there is a small kernel of me as a pessimist who sees Jordan Love. His career is like mimicking Aaron Rodgers' career. The veteran quarterback mm-hmm. goes to the Jets. And then, you know, now he he's going to take over after sitting behind him for a couple seasons. It worries me. Um you know, just because I, I'm, you know, like I said, a pessimist and glass half empty kind of guy, but it, it would be absolutely ridiculous if they somehow ended up getting another Hall of Fame quarterback and and just had <laughs> just forty fifty of years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. It would it would piss me off beyond I think anything ever has. <laughs> but it, it again, it is something definitely. Uh, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this year, too, is how that all pans out for them. Uh, my number three, I'm going to go with the Broncos. And the reason why is because last year, everybody was hyping them to the moon. And they did nothing because they had a, a coach, in quotation marks, who was an idiot. And now this year, they kind of seem to be more under the radar, even though they have a fantastic coach. 
So I, I'm just curious to see how that works out for them. I'm a big Javante Williams fan. I took him in our dynasty draft in the second round a couple seasons when he was a rookie, and he hasn't done anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping he finally can stay healthy and break <laughs> out. But, you know, there's a couple. There's Which receiver is going to be, you know, Russell Wilson's go-to? Can Russell Wilson still play, or is he past that point in his career? Um, I'm just curious to see, see how how things shake out for the Broncos now that they have a, a legitimate coach and not Nathaniel Hackett, appropriately named Hack It. <laughs> so Javante Williams is there. Didn't they sign Samaj someone? Samaj P. Ryan, ex-commander, uh, who I, I always liked. He was in the Bengals the last couple of years, did well there. Yeah, he's, he's actually a really good backup or even starter if Javante yeah. gets hurt again. For some reason, I thought they'd signed a... Uh... An older, like, veteran. Oh, they might have. Up, but I, I only remember P. Ryan. I'm looking at their roster, and there's not one on okay. there. So, um, it'll be interesting. That's interesting that he's definitely the guy as far as depth chart goes for now. So, that that's at least good for him. If he was being pressured by a good backup, like if they had to sign... Who else is left out there? Now that it's Elliot and... Uh, Cook or sign. There's one other Fournette guy. Fournette is the, really the last big name, Leonard Fournette. Fournette, yeah. yeah. If Fournette was on the well, team. Well, you know what's really interesting, too, is that the Broncos brought in Jim Bob Cooter to be their offensive coordinator, ex-Lions and Saints nice. and Chargers offensive coordinator. Everywhere he goes, those running backs get a bunch of catches. So, as far as fantasy goes, it's interesting. Like If Javante Williams is their lead back, that dude could end up with like 90 catches. Um which yeah, would be fantastic be crazy. for me in our dynasty league. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, okay, so for my next one, I've got when will Jonathan Taylor play? That's a good one. Uh, I heard to, today. Today he was uh, allowed to leave the facility for whatever reason. Personal Second matter. time during the. Yeah. Well, he also had a injury that wasn't real either so far in this training so i don't know well who knows what's going to happen with jonathan taylor and the colts but right now it just does not look like anything good so i'm curious to see what happens with one of if not the best running back in the nfl and when is he going to play yeah that um that's a really interesting storyline and and josh jacobs too kind of falls into that because he hasn't even signed his franchise tag. So, you know, could we have both of them sit out the entire year like Le'Veon Bell did a couple seasons ago? Um, Will Jonathan Taylor... Ask him how that worked out for him. Um, Will Jonathan Taylor begrudgingly show up and then magically get hurt in week two and miss the entire season? I I don't know, man, but they're... they're, Especially Taylor, I I think he's the best running back in the NFL right now because I haven't seen Bajon Robinson yet. Um, So Jonathan Taylor's my number one guy, but... With so many questions around his contract and his willingness to play for that owner, man, it would it would really be heartbreaking if he missed the entire season after the the start he's had to his yeah. career. Oh, for sure. Um, my number four. Let's see which one am I gonna pick out. I'm actually gonna go with the rookie quarterbacks because we were talking about the Colts. Um, three rookies. Two already announced to start. One probably going to be announced to start. I'm. I, I always like you know 
rookie quarterbacks are, are fun to see how they develop. You know, you don't expect much from them their rookie year, but with next season's draft class, a lot of people consider the best one in, in a long time. If a team like the Texans suffers and has a bad year, they're still not going to get a chance to draft anybody because the Cardinals have their pick. Um, whereas, <laughs> like, the Panthers, um, the Bears have their pick. So, it's, you know, two of the teams starting rookie quarterbacks, if those quarterbacks flame out, they're still not going to get a chance to draft anyone next year. So, it's, I don't know, just watching those dominoes fall about quarterbacks all over the league is, is as, as a fan of a team that never has good quarterbacks, it's always exciting to see what quarterbacks are doing on other teams. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to this. Um, not even just the starters, but even the backups. So, for example, Hinton Hooker on the Lions, once he finally is not injured, what he can do as a backup. There's plenty of, like, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that were drafted you don't even know. For example, could there be a situation where we <clears throat> see a seventh rounder play like a Brock Purdy? Right. I mean, that was a pretty ridiculous situation last year to go through four quarterbacks to get to Brock Purdy. But, I mean, Mr. Relevant poss- probably being the starter for the 49ers this year, That that's just – rookie quarterbacks are always interesting. I yeah, I agree. I, and you're right. Nobody expected Brock Purdy to play a game last year, much less start and lead them into the playoffs. Um and yeah, like Will Levis in Tennessee, obviously Ryan Tannehill is towards the end of his career. Is is Levis the answer, or will they need to draft another quarterback next year? Yeah, there's. It's always an, an interesting position to see what happens. Nope, and I still like my guy Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, and if he if he so. was on a team that had a question mark at quarterback. I would think he'd have a chance to play this season, but unless Deshaun Watson gets hurt, I don't think we're going to see DTR play. No, no. Oh, and then think about Clayton Toon possibly yes, starting for the yeah. Cardinals. Clayton Toon, I, I'm willing to bet money will start at least one game for the Cardinals. Yeah, I well, from everything I saw in that preseason game, Colt McCoy looks old, like he can't even really throw the ball anymore. So That's, he, he's, we'll he see is what happens. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. What you got for number four? Um, my number four is, do the Chiefs start the season slow again? And uh, I'm especially looking forward to that because they play the Lions in the first game of the season on a Thursday night. So <laughs> I would love for them to at least start slow for one week. <laughs> they can pick it up as fast as they want the week after that. But, uh, you know, you've seen a lot. There's been a, the last – was it the last few years or at least last year where you get four or five games in and you're like, who is this Colts or who is this Chiefs team? They're not the team that we uh, expect under Mahomes and Andy Reid. So it'll be interesting to see with the changes they have at wide receiver going starting this year and, you know, their Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being back and all those types of things, what – happens with that team to start the season this time yeah i mean they are defending champ super bowl champs so starting slow last year really didn't hurt them so maybe you know maybe that was maybe if that's a plan a little bit well, of rest there they won the super bowl in 2020 um 
And I remember the season after that, they had a really rough start to the season. Um, actually, I pulled up the record. They were they started three and four the season after they won the Super Bowl. So is mm-hmm. you know they could have another Super Bowl hangover um, this season. But like you yeah. said, hopefully so we'll it happens see. week one against the against the Lions. <laughs> against the Lions, that's all I want. Uh, all right. So my last one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the Homer pick. I I I, I there's a couple quarterbacks whose stories I'm interested to see. All Aaron Rodgers, how he fits in New York. Justin Fields, uh, Geno Smith in Seattle. But obviously, as a Commanders fan, the biggest question in the season is is Sam Howell the answer at quarterback for us? Um, and the reason I'm 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 not gonna say whether I believe he is or not because I haven't seen enough. But it is a really big question because with new ownership. If he struggles and they have a bad season, they're going to fire Coach Rivera, they're going to fire the GM, and my guess is they're going to want to make a huge trade-up to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody like that. So a lot is riding on Howell's shoulders. If he struggles, you're basically seeing an entirely different team front office and team next year. If he can at least be average, you know, just a a run-of-the-mill Kirk Cousins kind of guy, it just just gets the job done, and you know, not it's not going to be Mahomes or Herbert, but it, or Burrow, but if he can just be a guy that doesn't turn the ball over and and lets the you know rides the running game and lets the defense control it, that's good enough. They, they don't need Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill, exactly. They don't need a. They just want him to be. They don't Tannehill. need Burrow. They don't need an excite. You know, they don't need a, a guy that's a top five quarterback. They just need someone that can run the offense and not turn the ball over. So. But if he doesn't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised personally if if they're struggling and in, in going into next offseason if you see somebody like Terry McLaurin trade it um, because they, they really will mm-hmm. want to start from the ground up. So a lot of riding on Howell's shoulders this year. Yep. Now we can move right into the lowest expectations in the NFL, and that is the Cardinals. <laughs> and so uh, mine is here is – Kind of like what we talked about at the end of last episode and also just in general with the Cardinals. Will they win a game? Can the Cardinals win a game? Their preseason, first preseason game, their defense looks good enough that they will at least be in games at like at, against bad teams. So will can the Cardinals win a game? I think they can. I think they'll probably win two or three. We'll see what happens. But the second part to that question is, will Kyler Murray look Murley? Murley. Will Kyer Murray play in 2023? That is, that is where my question uh, from the sounds of the head coach it almost sounds like he expects him to be there within the first few weeks but uh, I will say he's just projecting Zach Ertz coming back after only nine months and, and announcing like he's going to play week one I'm that's mm-hmm. that's awesome um, I'm very surprised because he he hurt himself not too much earlier before Murray did. Like it was only a couple weeks before Murray did. So I mean, if I I said last week I didn't think Murray plays a game, but if he is that type of you know physical specimen that that can come back from an injury like that two months earlier than than most people, then hey, maybe we do see him by October. See, my, my thought is Ertz is old, old, and if he can do it. There's no reason Kyler Murray, who's shown 
multiple times throughout the summer that he's working his ass off. There's no reason he can't. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it would be it would be great for the Cardinals if they could get Murray out there. Um, without him, I think they win two or three games. It's it's very hard not to win a single game. I mean, hell, a lot of people are actually picking them to beat the Commanders in Week One, which you know wouldn't be surprising. Um, but there's you know they play like the Falcons at one actually. point. Um, I think they play the Texans this year. So I mean, there are opportunities for them to get a win or two. If Kyler does come back by October, then it changes their entire season outlook. Um, so, you know, oh, easy. We, uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Because they, st- they still have Hollywood Brown. They still have Zach Ertz. They still have um, James Conner. Yeah. They have a decent Rondell offense. Moore. Um, no. So, yeah, there's... If there, there are still... Is the, the possibility that they... they come out of nowhere and, and ruin all of our picks because they because Kyler only misses like four games. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But all right. We shall see. Well great. So, yeah, a lot well, of a lot of uh, storylines to watch this season in the NFL. Um, you know, next week we'll talk about our picks for the best teams and then worst teams as we get to closer to week one. Um Give me a second. Why don't you go over some of the news, and I'll be back. All right. Yeah, there were some uh, interesting news this week. You know, we already discussed some of it. Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots. He had been visiting with them, so that's not a huge surprise. It kind of hurts Ramondre Stevenson in my eyes as far as fantasy goes. I, and that's another guy I've got in our Dynasty League, so um, Elliott's probably going to take some goal line carries from him. Um, you know, Stevenson will still be, I'm guessing, the, the lead back, but, you know, it's not going to be a – 70% split. I'm sure Elliott's going to get more work than that. Um, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. That one, again, has been rumored for weeks. I don't know what took so long. That one really sucks. I was a fan of Brees Hall last year. Um, I know he got hurt. He was coming back from injury. I, I figured he'd be fine. And then, you know, they drafted uh, Avonaconda, who we've mentioned before, was one of our Raz score watchers. And um, looked pretty good so far in their two preseason games, but now he's like fourth on the depth chart. Um, but it's good for the Jets. I mean, they've got they've got a loaded offense. Garrett Wilson, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I guess Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis. They, you know, they've got players on offense. They definitely got players on defense. So, and, you know, it helps them, but uh, does not help Brees Hall. Uh, for the Colts, they named Anthony Richardson their starter already. Uh, we'll get into that more when we recap that game, but I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, just today, Russell Gage uh, hurt his knee for the Bucks. Unfortunately, he'll miss the rest of the season. Traylon Burks for the Titans also hurt his knee, but he's only going to miss a couple weeks. Um, and this one was sad. I don't know if you if you remember Alex Collins, the running back for the Ravens and Seahawks, but he died in a motorcycle accident a couple days ago, so that's... That's very tragic. I'd seen that he passed away, and I saw a few. Uh, he did he play? Was it the Broncos? I remember him did on the Seahawks. The and Ravens. Those are the two teams I remember him playing for. I don't know if he played. Oh, it was the Seahawks because I saw the Seahawks uh, tweet about him. Yeah. So that's he so. was like twenty eight only. I mean, that's that one's that's pretty sad. But oh, for sure. But yeah. Um, watch. I know you already covered this, but. Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots is huge. I don't see... I think it's huge because I don't see 
him, Ramondre Stevenson holding the starting job over him the entire season. Yeah, I mean, Belichick has said he likes Ramondre Stevenson, but, I mean, Belichick always uses multiple running backs, so it's definitely, they're definitely both going to get usage. You know, if Zeke stays healthy and looks like he did in Dallas, then, yeah, I mean, he could end up by the end of the season getting more work, um, which really sucks because I, I like Ramondre Stevenson. He's one of my dynasty running backs. I was really excited for him to break out, and now, at best, <laughs> it'll be like a 50-50 split. See, what, what you had in Dallas, you now have on the Patriots, and you know that Belichick does that. So, yeah. is it, How many years was there not, like, the one guy you drafted for the Patriots as your running back? It's been, yeah, Canada? it's been a long time since he... So, I can't even remember the, the running back's name that was, like, their, their running back in, like, the early 2000s that was, like, a... Like... A solid, I know you're yeah, talking about, starter. but I can't since then, remember his like name. Random James Whites and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis's thrown around. Yes, it's always a, you're like, who is this guy this yeah. year? So I feel like if you are an Elliott owner in a dynasty league, you're happy with this pickup because I don't see any, I don't see a lot of other places where he would be utilized the way he's probably going to be there. For example, Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. I don't think that he's taken anything away from Brees Hall. Really? There should be no reason. The only reason is because Brees, Brees Hall's coming back from an injury, but the second he's back from that injury 100%, there's no reason to have Dalvin Cook above Brees See, Hall. Brees like, Hall's better than Ramondre oh, Stevens. I agree. Brees Hall's awesome. I, I feel like Dalvin Cook's going to get more work because Aaron Rodgers likes him more. Yeah, I... I it, I guess it just boils down to how dumb the Jets are. Oh, because yeah. if you're gonna if Pretty you're gonna dumb. do what the <laughs> if you're gonna do what the Packers did and just give in to every single one of his desires, it didn't work. It never worked, and it won't work. So if you're going to be like, oh well, let's stunt Brees Hall's growth just because he likes Dalvin Cook. Whoa, Dalvin Cook. Whoa, <laughs> Dalvin Cook. This then is a you're, you're family podcast, my friend. <laughs> it, it, no, no, no. We've uh, I've have. Branded it for adults, so we're good adults here. Adults only, Dalvin Cock. <laughs> yeah, just look out for the pile drive of Dalvin. That should that should be the uh, the tagline for this this episode. Aaron Rodgers likes cock. Dalvin Cock. Yes. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, yeah, and see, the thing is, I do think the Jets are stupid. Um, they've already went out and got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb to placate Aaron Rodgers' ego. I, they signed Dalvin Cook to placate his ego. I, and since Aaron Rodgers is basically going to be calling his own plays because Nathaniel Hackett, his buddy, is the offensive coordinator, I pretty I see them using Dalvin Cook for for no fucking reason while Bruce Hall sits there on the bench, even though he's a fantastic running back. And yeah, that one hurts because like watching Bruce Hall last year, him and Damian Pierce, it was like, oh man, we got two good young running backs, and now one of them is and Brian John Brian. Uh... Robinson. Yeah, there were a bunch late. last year. Yeah, but Brian Robinson didn't really – he wasn't Brees Hall or Damian Pierce or Kenneth Walker for that matter. Like, there were some really good young running backs last year. And then the Seahawks go out and, and draft Zach Charbonnet to, to team with Kenneth Walker. It's like, just leave leave these guys. Let them be the bell cows. At least Damian Pierce is on his own. Yeah, exactly. Well, we see how well that always works. That works for the Titans. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So let's dive in uh, 
to the preseason week one review. We're going to start with the Texans and Patriots because it was the first game. Um, and uh, I touched on this when I mentioned Anthony Richardson. Oh, no, that's this is that's not the the Texans. Never mind. Um, but C.J. Stroud also struggled, just like Anthony Richardson did. He was 2 of 4 for 13 yards and a pick. Um, whereas Davis Mills looked not bad against backups, of course, but um, didn't look terrible. So I think the question becomes, do the, do the Texans start Davis Mills for a couple weeks, or do they just roll with Stroud? I, I, a, you've seen Davis Mills. You have to roll with Stroud. Even though he sucks, or he sucked in that first preseason game, you got to roll with him. Yeah, that pick he I threw mean, you, was, I, was a, just a bad decision. You cannot go back to Davis Mills. I agree, and I, I hate the and, concept. And if you do, this is the only time to start at the beginning or the end if you're not going to keep C.J. Stroud. But you cannot go to Davis Mills in the middle. So now would be the only time they could, but I don't think oh, they kind should. Kind of like what the Dolphins did to Tua a couple of years. When, was it his rookie year when they did that, where it's like they benched him midway through the season and then brought him back out as the starter? Yes, yeah. yes. That's a, just such a dumb I idea. I hate the idea of rookie quarterbacks sitting, frankly. Unless you have, like, the Packers had Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs, when they sat Mahomes, had Alex Smith. Unless you have a guy like that, why would you sit your, your first-round rookie quarterback behind a below-average quarterback? I, I don't think they should sit him. It's like last year with the Steelers. Why did they sit Kenny Pickett behind Trubisky? Pickett was the yeah. future Stroud is the future well, of the Texans, or at least they need to find out if he is. Um, well, I mean, if you had listened to this podcast, it's because you thought that Trubisky was going to be awesome. But as I said, he was garbage. I know what came, I said was I would have liked Trubisky on the commanders um, rather than Carson Wentz. Oh, no, no, we can go back. We can okay. go back. <laughs> I kept telling you that Trubisky was garbage, and you said he's not bad. And I said I would rather I, – I listed several other quarterbacks that came out at the same time as him, and you said that most of them weren't even in, as good as him. No, I absolutely did not say that because he came out with Mahomes okay. and Watson, and I never would have said that Trubisky's better than Mahomes I'm talking about Watson. quarterbacks the same – I'm talking about quarterbacks that had the similar situations to him within the first – within a year of when he was drafted. Okay, well, I, I'll have to listen to the archives because all I, I, all I know <laughs> is that I've – Felt like Trubisky deserved more opportunity, and I would have rather seen him on the Commanders than Carson Wentz last year. If it, w- I don't know if it would have worked out any differently, but it wouldn't have been worse. <laughs> no, well, for sure. Um, um, but the last thing, Tank Dell, um, he was targeted a lot in that game. He was the most targeted receiver. Went five for sixty-five yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, we were talking about the the. Texans receivers is a, a position battle to watch. I think that was one of yours last week. So, at least in the first game, he was the one getting the most targets. That he was. And people like Nico Collins only got one. Mechie with one. You know, so. Yeah. Tank got a lot Definitely of Definitely something to watch uh, in, the, in the other two preseason games to see how much work he gets. But, um, as well that, as, as well that Every running back did better than Devin Singletary for the Houston's in the rushing game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see Singletary as a threat to Damian Pierce. I see him as depth. <laughs> Not somebody yeah, they're going to exactly. rotate in. 
Um, Vikings at Seahawks. Uh, really, the only thing that I, I wanted to point out in this one was Drew Locke's performance. Um, not too bad for him. 17 of 24, 191 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick that was off a tipped pass. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see this because, you know, when, when the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson, they were adamant about getting Drew Locke in return. Um, and then he didn't win the job last year. Geno Smith did. Had a great season. Got an extension. So now Drew Locke's kind of just sitting there in limbo. Um, don't really know what's going to happen with him. I don't feel like he's not going to not going to get another shot in the league. I feel like he'll at least get one more shot, whether it's in Seattle or somewhere else. Yeah, we'll see. On the opposite side, quarterback wise, it's it's interesting to see what the backups to Kirk Cousins are because though although Nick Mullins did well in that game. Who are these people? <laughs> Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins. Have they drafted a quarterback in the last four years? Yeah, they're looking like the Lions before they got Hooker. So yeah, that's yeah, interesting. I remember. I mean, obviously, I remember Nick Mullins because he was in uh, San Francisco. He was like Brock Purdy before Brock Purdy. Um, mm. Jaron Hall, I'm not familiar with. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. But I oh, that's the other one too. Is um, Holton Ailers. Uh, the the Viking quarterback that I mentioned pre-draft who signed with Seattle. Oh, yes. Uh, four. Against the Vikings. Four for four. four, four, four with a touchdown. I mean, that's not bad for an undrafted uh, free agent. So I just want to see him make a roster. I mean, if you're if you're a descendant of an actual, like, Viking king. Oh, Ragnar Lothbrok. Yeah, you deserve to be on, on a roster somewhere. Um, not to mention, I'm pretty sure the guy's massive, too, in his size. Uh, no, I guess not. He's 6'3", 227. I thought he was taller, but still. Whoa. Last thing I want to mention from that game, Nikhil Harry, two targets, two catches, 24 yards. So hopefully he's landing on his feet after the debacle that was his Patriots uh, time. And Bears. He, he played like one game for the oh, Bears. He was on the Bears? Yeah, last season. I think okay. he played for the Bears for like a game or two or something. Um, Holden Aylers also had 26 yards rushing on six carries. Damn impressive but uh yeah love Nikhil Harry I mean getting drafted to the Patriots when the Cardinals wanted to draft him he would have been so much better if he came to Arizona but oh well um next up Giants Lions I figure you can talk more about this game but I just want to point out that thank god they drafted Hendon Hooker because Nate Sudfeld is garbage Nate Sudfeld is garbage and then the other part to that is I'm so glad that they have um they signed Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, that too. Yeah. So they they'll they'll be fine because it'll be Goff with Bridgewater as the backup and then Hendon Hooker when he's back. So Nate Sudfeld terrible played almost this entire game. Adrian Martinez was uh what wasn't he in the AAF? Uh, he's so says he's an undrafted rookie. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, there was another. Uh, guy i thought this was him well anyways either one of these guys are not going to be on the roster so they're just playing quarterback for the preseason to probably adrian martinez probably playing for the the practice squad nate sudfeld probably not playing for anything yeah playing for another Um, team basically yes exactly um and other things i wanted to say about this game is sacks 
It was crazy. They had between the Okwara brothers, three sacks for Julian Okwara and one for Romeo. That's awesome. And that was that was four of the five sacks the team got. So the only other one was Benito Jones. And that's just insane to me that the two brothers that were high draft picks and have not lived up to expectations on the line showing why they should stay on the team and be the backups to our current amazing line. Um, be giving Hutchinson a spell, uh, you know, any of our guys that were there last year with these two, if they can play like this, will be huge. So I was glad to see them actually play well. Yeah, that, that um, Lions defense, the ch- man, has a lot of talent on it. Could be could be very dangerous. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Brian Branch, I don't know if you saw the plays he was – you did saw because you saw sent me the tweet. But I talked about it last week that Brian Branch was pushing Tracy, Tracy Walker for that starting safety spot, which is crazy because Tracy Walker just got a big contract a year or two ago. So, you know, that might be something to watch, whether that we keep Tracy Walker and – start Brian Branch, but Brian Branch is a rookie. The fact that he fell to them where he did in the second round was just a gift yeah. for the Lions. Absolutely. Amani so, Aruarie playing against his former team. I don't know if you saw that, but okay. Have fun in the, in New York. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, awesome. I don't, the, as far as the Giants go, there wasn't a lot to show there there's a as far as their receivers go the most targeted receiver was cole beasley and to me that's a problem because cole beasley wasn't on a team for like a year and a half yeah <laughs> before he went to the the bales last year so i mean if your starting guy is a guy that no one wanted for a year and a half your main guy that's gonna be a problem i did see so that uh, the receiver bryce ford wheaton that i liked he was targeted three times but didn't have a catch um, yeah. concerning three, four. <laughs> nah, don't like to see that. Well, remember Khalil Pimpleton from Hard Knocks last year on the Lions? Yes, he's a Giant. He got signed to the practice squad of the Giants last year. Still on the Giants, and he was targeted twice. Got two catches for thirty-two they yards. They literally the just have so. like a room full of receivers, but no one stands out. Like yeah, it's 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 just a whole sad. bunch of names you'll know, but none of them are are that impressive. But uh, yeah, like Jamison Crowder at one point in his career was really really. Oh good. yeah, when he was on the Redskins, man, he was but, fantastic as our our PPR like slot receiver. I, I I I wish they would have kept him, but at the time they had more pressing needs than than a slot receiver. <laughs> and then even on the Jets, that's where I remember him from. On the Jets, yeah. he was at at a slot guy was really good, yeah. but. You know, Good guy. They're just names at this point. Um, all right, so Commanders Browns. Um, I'll be brief in this one, um, mainly because the, you know talking about backups. Um, it's like yeah, most most of them aren't even going to make the roster. But Sam Howell, um, he played, I believe, three snaps. Um, the the offensive drives? line was was terrible, um, especially on the first two drives. Um, they gave up a holding in the end zone for a safety, which was very upsetting. Um, but he finished nine for 12, 77 yards and a touchdown. That final drive did some really good things. Um, scrambled on third down and, and found Terry McLaurin for a first down looking downfield. 
Um, the touchdown throw to, to Johan Dotson was was a little high, but it was it was placed where only Dotson could get it, which is which is good instead of it potentially being a turnover. Um, enough enough that I, I you know comfortable with him being the starter over Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett also looked pretty good. Um, let a touchdown drive in in uh, the second quarter. So I mean we've got we've got a, a fifth rounder that that. Hopefully, you know, we can see him develop, and, and if not, we at least have a, a solid veteran backup in, in Brissett. Um, defense looked good. They they stuffed the Browns at the goal line on their first drive, let them drive all the way down, and, and then stuffed them on fourth and goal, which is classic commanders. We let them walk all over us, but somehow keep them from scoring. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the Brown side, um, you know, Deshaun Watson – Looked like Deshaun Watson again, which is nice, running around a bit. Um, but the big thing, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 9 of 10, 102 yards and a touchdown. Great stat line. That dude's definitely making the roster. I, I don't see how they, how he, you know. I would love to see him climb up that depth chart to be the backup. I forget. Who, their I mean, backup is Joshua Dobbs, right? Dobbs, yeah. yeah. Like, if I'm them. I mean, it's Dobbs, Mond, and DTR. That's yeah. why I'm saying, like, that, to me, I would think, from an outsider looking in, not a not a Cleveland fan or anything, not knowing, I would think that that backup job would be up for grabs because none of those names are massive, big names. No, no, so, and in fact, like and D- and DTR in two preseason games so far has looked like the best one. Kellen so. Mond probably won't even make the team. Honestly, I, I, Dobbs at least has experience, so they'll they'll probably keep him around. But you got to keep DTR over Kellen Mond, um, and I I feel like they will. They can't put the guy on a practice squad because somebody's going to sign him. So someone would yeah. take him for sure. So, um, all right. Next up, so Broncos Cardinals. We talked about the Cardinals game a little bit. Um, defense definitely played better than than we expected. Pressured Russell Wilson a lot. The starters did. Um, Zayvon Collins moving to outside linebacker. I mean, he didn't look. He looked pretty good blitzing. Um, and then, of course, they, you know, they managed to, to win the game at the end uh, behind your favorite David Blau leading that game-winning drive. I, this is where, this is where me being a box score watcher doesn't give you the full picture because the second Clayton Tune was pulled in the middle of a drive for David Blau, the wind was sucked out of that team on offense. <laughs> they had to lead, they had to lead a game-winning drive because... All their momentum, the second Clayton Tune came out of the game, was gone. And they played so bad for an entire quarter's worth of time before Blau managed to pull this comeback out of his magical hat. So, (laughs) yeah, his stats don't look terrible, but David Blau just did not command the same type of energy or uh, the from his team that Clayton Toon did. No, absolutely. And that's what I think is funny. Like like you mentioned Colt McCoy earlier. Um, he looked terrible. Like you look at his stat, four for four, 17 yards. It's like, oh, four for four. But when you're averaging four yards a pass, that's not that impressive. I was about to say, all his passes were under 20 yeah, yards. All of, all of his passes combined for under 20 yards. Like he was just kind of handing it off, basically. Um but yeah, Clayton Toon, I thought he, he didn't look too bad, um, and that's why I definitely think he'll he'll start a game I mean, unless Kyler Murray comes back early. Um, he'll definitely start a game at some point because Colts gonna not look that great. I mean, they played the 
Cowboys week two and the Giants week three, I think. So, I mean, they've got a rough start to the schedule. I can definitely figure Clayton Toon starting a game in early October if, if Murray's still out. And I'll say this much is the second that uh, Jerry Judy and Sutton were out of the game, I couldn't tell who on that team was going to make any plays. Like they, they, every drive was with different players the entire time. Like, and they didn't have a lot of drives. Yeah. They did it. Once, once Blau came in, it affected the defense too, because that's when they started scoring. I don't know, but that team didn't look like it had much identity outside of its starters. And it was just, it was more fun to watch the Cardinals defense against their offense because the defense was making them look so bad. Yeah. So yeah, the defense. Yeah. I was I was very impressed by the defense. I really expected our uh, Cardinals defense to be terrible this season after letting Zach Allen walk and losing JJ Watt. But um, I mean, it's it's it is the the Eagles' defensive coordinator um, is is their new head coach. So I mean, he might be scheming better and. They sure blitzed a lot, um, so that's that's at least exciting to watch. But um, yeah, I, I was, I will say, I, I had zero hope for the Cardinals to be entertaining this year. At the very least, after that game, the defense might be it, you know fun to watch at least, even if if the offense can't do anything. Um, but uh, I think the most interesting and fun part to watch of this season is going to be the coaching. Honestly, because the coaching on that team, everybody on that team, at least the coordinators, they're all low 30s. Super young. It's like the youngest coaching crew ever. Yeah. Isn't the is it the offensive so, coordinator that's literally 30 years old or the defensive coordinator? Yeah, and then not the defensive no, it's the defense coordinator is 30. And I think the offensive coordinator is like 32, 33. Yeah, crazy. So, these are all people when I'm actually thinking about it, are like seven and ten years younger than I am. Yeah. Leading football Be- teams. Best not That's to think about insane. it. Make you feel too old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at the mirror. All this gray yeah. always makes me feel old. So that really hit me when Sean McVay first broke out, and I'm like, that dude is younger than me, and he has a Super Bowl ring as a coach. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Packers, Bengals. Um, Bengals didn't play any starters, but. For the Packers, Jordan Love, 7 of 10, 70 yards and a touchdown. Of course, Packers fans went nuts and, and started anointing him as, as, you know, the next great quarterback. Um, he led a singular drive against Packers. Yeah, and his other couple drives, he, like, I think overthrew a receiver. Like, he, if you watch the game, he wasn't that impressive. But if you look at his stats and you think, like, oh, man, 7 of 10, 70 yards and a touchdown. But, yeah, he had some bad throws and... Um, didn't really look that great, so. But there's Dobbs. I love seeing Dobbs still doing well. Romeo. Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Two twenty one and a touchdown. Sure I, I a lot of people think Christian Watson's going to be their number one. I think Romeo Dobbs can be their number one receiver. Um, I think they might name Christian Watson their number one receiver just because he was drafted higher. But Dobbs. He'll actually. All Dobbs did last year. Receiver. Yeah, all Dobbs did last year. That's that's the guy on that team for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm not touching Christian Watson. Um, Falcons, Dolphins. Uh, really, in this one, just want to look at the Dolphins running back situation because that's another position battle. 
we, we talked about. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert did not play, of course. Um, Devon Aiken, the rookie, had 10 carries for 25 yards. But the forgotten man, Miles Gaskin, 7 for 57. Pretty good for him. The forgotten man is right, which is hilarious because he's been there the longest. Yes. And he's always been a name that I like. Yeah. Like Chase, not Chase Edmonds. Who's the guy that came from the, the Dolphins to the Cardinals? Um, yeah, let me look it up. He was always one I really liked. And then Gaskin was his backup. And I'm like, if that guy leaves, Gaskin's the starter now, and Gaskin will prosper. Well, that Kenyon never Drake. happened. Gaskin's never been. Yes, Drake. When there was Drake number one, Gaskin two, I'm like, this. they have the two-headed running back monster in Miami. Now Drake's somewhere. I think he's in the league. He was what? Yeah, I don't know where he went last year, but no one talks about him anymore. Gaskin was listed like the third or fourth halfback for the Miami. So, I don't know. It's good to see him. Kenyon Drake signed with the Colts, actually, just uh, on the 5th of August. Oh, hey, look at that. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I like Gaskin, but he just, I don't know, maybe the coaches just don't like him because it seems like every year they, they keep signing new running backs and then he ends up playing anyways and doing well. Yep. Right. Exactly. He's like the steady hand, like Mike Jaseski always was. We don't know which wide receivers are going to do well, but Mike Jaseski's going to catch yeah, the ball tight end week. Uh, Steelers, Bucks, Kenny Pickett had a great day. Six to seven, 70 yards and a touchdown and a beautiful touchdown to George Pickens. Um, looked really good for the second-year quarterback and George Pickens, who a lot of people have pegged as a breakout wide receiver this year. What about uh, Baker Mayfield? Eight and nine, 63, touchdown. Yeah, Baker looks fantastic. Good. Eight of nine, 63 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Trask, not too bad. Six of 10, 99 yards and a pick. Um, but they've already announced that Kyle Trask will start week two in the preseason, so he'll get a play with with all the ones um, also against the first-team defense. So interesting to see how he does in a in a starting situation. But, um, yeah, Baker, I mean, Baker went out there and did exactly what what they want him to do to, to be named as the starter. So we'll see. Also good to see our, our – Hot shots, former hot shots quarterback John Walford. Yes, going doing well. 10, 17, 111 and a touchdown. Poor one. We'll out always have a soft AF, spot. Yeah. <laughs> always have a hot a hot spot a hot in my spot heart for the soft for John spot. Walford. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he so. was fantastic for the hot shots. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, we'll see how Trask does next week. But I'm still betting Mayfield uh, ends up as a starter in Tampa Bay. Um, Chargers, Rams, I mean, not a lot of starters played, but I want to shout out Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback. Um, 17 to 29, 191 yards and a touchdown. Not too bad for, uh, I believe he was a fourth-round pick. And um, for a team like the Rams who need a quarterback of the future, um, always a chance, stance for him to, to play well enough to lock that up. Was that Stetson Bennett? Stetson yeah, Bennett. For sure. It's, it's for a guy that was in college for ten years. Yeah, to come out of college and won two national championships, start. I think too. Like, yeah, yeah. great resume. Um, Eagles, Ravens, exactly. uh, Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley, his official name, Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley, eight of eleven for eighty-eight yards and a touchdown. I mean, he is a very solid backup. I mean, he's 
he's he played for well for Lamar last season. Um, probably could start for a couple teams in the league, like the Commanders. Um, but you know, not a lot of questions there. But the Eagles' running back situation again, another position battle. Rashad Penny actually uh, not too bad, nine for thirty-four. DeAndre Swift only had two carries for twenty-four yards, but I don't know if you saw the play. He he like ran someone over at the end of one of those runs. So um, well, here, here's the other thing about that: two for twenty-four. Twenty-four yards doesn't seem like a lot, but having two carries for twenty-four yards. With one of them, oh no, one was 22 yards. I was going to say, that averages out over 10 yards, but one of them was a 22-yard It, it literally yard averages run, out so. at 12 yards. I know, <laughs> but my point is, they weren't both 10-yard runs. No, one no, was yeah, a two exactly. and one was a... Um, but, it, I mean, they they only gave him... I'm going to sneeze. But it could have been Trey Sermon with nine rushes for 21 yards. So. Right, exactly. I mean, it's it's... <laughs> and that run, like, that's the big thing with, like, preseason is... The, the box scores always look ridiculous, but when you watch the players on the field, like that run by Swift where he lowers his shoulder, like that's a good-looking run. Um, I, I still think they're going to use a mix of running backs like they do every year. Um, but, you know, Swift, if given the given the rock and, and you know, they let him be a, a guy that gets more work, I, I think he could handle it. Penny's a big guy, right? I don't know if he's Big, nope, big. he's not. 5'11", 220. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 220 is pretty good size. Um, so, yeah. He's... I was just thinking if he was going to be the, the, the like, power guy. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think he's the he's, uh, he finesse could be, guy. He could be a solid. He's just not Derrick Henry. Um, no. But, yeah, he's not, he's not you know, Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> but I, don't also, I also don't know what Jamal Williams' size was because with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams on the Lions – it, Jamal's Jamal was always the put your head down and run straight guy. Right. While Swift was the swing out. Um, Jamal Williams passes. six foot two twenty four. So I mean he's an inch taller and what did you say Swift was two ten or something? Swift's uh, five eight or five nine two fifty. I think he was five eleven just now. No, I was talking about Rashad Penn. Oh, okay. Yeah, big difference then. Five nine. That is that is actually a, a smaller running back, but. Um, but yeah, it, and that's you know Rashad Penny could be the the goal line guy, and Swift could be the between the twenties guy. But um, mm-hmm. I mean the Eagles do that every year, anyways. Is they they're always rotating running backs in and out. Uh, Jags Cowboys. Uh, the only thing that I really paid attention to was Tank Bigsby because um, there's all the talk about him getting stealing a lot of work from Travis Etienne. Nine carries for fifty two yards. Pretty good. That is, yeah, definitely good. I, I mean, Calvin Ridley played for the first time in over a year. Um, didn't do much, but uh, he was there, so that's nice to see. He caught both his passes. For how many yards? 21. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad, but, you know, two catches for 21 yards is not to, uh, you know, I'm not going to get excited over it. It's just nice to see him on the field again after, a, you know, a stupid suspension. Um, well, yeah, but the... the Literally, I don't remember what they traded to get him, but very like almost a huge, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that's a huge. There's a huge ceiling for what they got. Yeah, for a troubled receiver. So uh, let's see what they gave up. They gave it up um, a fifth rounder and well, a second rounder next year. Okay, so I mean that's that's actually pretty high. Um, 
Yeah. But still, could be, could, with him and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, and um, they could end up having a, a ridiculous offense. Uh, Jets, yeah, Panthers, sure. Israel Aponaconda, 12 carries for 56 yards. Jonathan Mingo, one of my receivers that I was looking at pre draft, zero targets. That's sad. Um, yeah. And then I watched some of this game, and Bryce Young, I mean, his stat line doesn't look too bad, but man, he had no time to, to throw the ball. He was he was just getting rushed constantly. And and I mean again, it could be because it's preseason week one and, and all that, but um that's really gonna hurt a rookie quarterback. <laughs> if he if he doesn't have any protection, I mean, you go back to like David Carr for, for the Texans getting destroyed his rookie year and never being the same. Um so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely something I want to see because That's all. That's all I really. Some of these games, there wasn't much to talk about. It's preseason week one. No. <laughs> yeah, the big thing in Carolina was the wide receiver battle. Who was going to be the number one? Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, both one catch, eight and five yards. But then Lavisca Chenault didn't have a catch. And we're looking. Who's the guy I was looking at on the Carolina that I thought was going to be? I don't even see his name on this list. So. Maybe he didn't play. I can't. I who was it? I'm looking it up. Hold okay. Because the only one that I was paying it attention was... to was Jonathan Mingo. Oh, yeah, it was Mingo. Yeah, he had zero targets. Yeah. He did nothing. He was on the field. Yeah. I double-checked. I looked at the box score, didn't see his name. I checked. He was on the field, not even targeted once. Terrace, Terrace Marshall. I don't see his name on there either. I don't know so. if he was. Uh, I'm assuming he also was just not targeted at any point. But no. um, so yeah, no, I don't really think there's anything to glean from that wide receiver battle there. No. Two guys had one catch each, and others had none. So who knows? Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate because I like uh, um, I like Jonathan Mingo, and I, you know I'd, I'd like to see him kind of stand out as as the number one receiver, but. Um, it's going to take some time. If you know, you look at Tank Dell, what he did in his first preseason game versus Jonathan Mingo, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans, Bears, uh, Justin Fields, three of three for 129 yards and two touchdowns, looks fantastic on paper. They were very exciting plays, but they were both screens. Um, which so that credit goes to DJ Moore, <clears throat> excuse me, and Khalil Herbert. I mean, I I wasn't impressed by Justin Fields throwing the ball sideways. Um, they were exciting plays. They were big plays. I was impressed by, you know, DJ Moore looked fantastic on that on that catch and run. But, uh, I mean, I didn't see anything out of Justin Fields that, that you know, blew me away. Yep. Definitely one of those things where I'm looking at, like, three out of three for 129 yards. That's huge. And then you look and you okay. see. Box scores should really say have yards after catch on them. Yeah. That was the other one too. Khalil Herbert like broke tackles and like ran people over as as he's trying to solidify himself as the Bears' starting running back. That was cool. Um, but like I told my dad because we were watching the game together, I, I told him I was like, I want to see Justin Fields lead a drive. I, I need to see him put a drive together. Like big plays are fantastic, but you're not going to score one play for for 85 yards and a touchdown every every time you touch the ball. No, exactly. Uh, the other thing, the Bears defense let Malik Willis drive on them, which was hilarious because Malik Willis was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last season. 
Um, so definitely still some question marks for the Bears' defense. As far as the Titans, um, Ty J. Spears. Well, I mean, the Bears' defense, I've been looking at this every game box guard that I've looked at since we've been going over this. The Bears' defense had the most sacks. They did? They, of preseason week one that I've seen so far. They have eight. Yeah, they, Lions had five. That was the second eyes I remember seeing. They had a lot of sacks once uh, once third and second stringers were, were playing. Um, Which, you know, I understand that. Yeah. But my point is every team is playing third and second stringers. So of those third and second stringers, the Bears are looking the best as far as that yeah, goes. which, I mean, good on them. But when your starters let Malik Willis drive down the field, that's that's what I pay attention to. <laughs> well, you could have given up two screens for touchdowns in the first two drives. Yeah, so. that's bad for the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tajay Spears, uh, he, was, he was another player to pay attention to, at least for me, just because with Derrick Henry getting older um, – he might start getting spelled a bit more. He had six carries for 32 yards. But, you know, respectable. Um, but uh, nothing, you know, nothing else really, really that impressive. A lot of, a lot of teams didn't play their starters at all. Um, so, mm. uh, Colts Bills. Um, obviously, the big thing here, which was fantastic, was Demar Hamlin returning to the field for the first time. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you got to catch that at all. Um, just a, I didn't see it, but I know that he had. Yeah, just a fantastic moment to, to see him back out there. Um, this is the thing that just confuses the hell out of me. Gardner Minshew, well, first we'll start with Anthony Richardson because he started the game. Um, he went 7-12 for 67 yards and a pick. You know, 7-12 is not bad. Um, then Gardner Minshew comes in and goes 6-6 six six for 72 yards. Mm-hmm. Then a couple days later, the Colts announced Anthony Richardson is their starter. Which, granted, okay. fourth overall pick was gonna start at some point. I know we just talked about you know you don't sit a quarterback um, unless they have a a good quarterback in front of them. The difference is Anthony Richardson. Everybody before the draft said he was a project. Gardner Minshew has experience, has had success, goes out there and shows success, but the Colts still say, nah, we're going to start the inexperienced project at quarterback and see how that works out for us. This was probably the best situation Gardner Minshew could find himself in so far in his career as a guy. I mean, I know he had some good chances there for a little bit with the Jaguars, but he and then it gets beat out by Anthony Richardson. The guy can't buy a break. Yeah, it's 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 just bewildering. I I mean I understand that you know Richardson's the future at quarterback there. I get that, but why do it now? But why why not wait until after week two and Anthony Richardson maybe plays better and you can be like, oh there we go, he locked up the job. Why do it after a game where he struggles and the backup plays well, and then you come out and be like, doesn't matter, he's our starter anyways. Yeah, see, that's what the part that gets me, right? Because, okay, everyone thinks that playing a rookie to get experience is the best thing for a rookie, except the mind game is is a huge thing, even in quarterbacks, where if he struggles for an entire year, did he actually advance or did he get set back? Because now he feels either A, contempt for his team, thinking they're the problem, or doubt in himself that he's the problem and he's not getting better. There's just so many things when you start a young quarterback that's 
considered a, a a project quarterback and just let him go out there. If we lose, we lose, you know, but the, there's, yes, he gets the experience, but what does that do to the mind? Right. So, well, and if Anthony Richardson was a quarterback with a lot of college experience or a lot of college success, then I can understand mm-hmm. it. But I mean, this is a guy that, that he wowed everybody at the combine had a couple of highlight plays in his senior season, but in his career in college, he started 13 games through 24 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. I mean, he's not that impressed. He hasn't shown much on the field to be worthy of anointing him the week one starter, in my opinion. Whereas all he did was every, the combines like, holy crap, his measurables are amazing. His measurables are amazing. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. I, I just think if, if Minshew had struggled or, or Richardson had played better, I get it. But it's just a weird mm-hmm. timing to be like, oh, yeah, he's the starter, even though, you know, he, he didn't look that great and Minshew went out there and looked good. And like you said, the timing. Wait until the, the week before the season. Like, why do you need to announce it now? I, I don't know. It's, it's baffling. Exactly. I don't get it. All right, uh, Chiefs Saints. Derek Carr's first game for the Saints went six of eight for seventy yards and a touchdown. Fantastic. Um, I, you know, Derek Carr. I feel like he got a bad rap in, for the Raiders, especially when Josh McDaniels came up and just just didn't like him, and it never seemed like. I just. Um, I don't even think he had a bad rap. I think he had a good rap, and they just pushed him out. That's what I mean. Is like the coaches. Everyone on the everyone on the team loved him and could not understand the second he got benched. It's like, what are you doing? De- Devonte Adams went to the team to play with him. But the coaches, like Gruden, that's the guy I'm thinking. Gruden and then McDaniel's both just seem to hate him, and I don't get it. Gruden should love him because he's the only reason he kept his job as long as he did. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm rooting for Derek Carr in New Orleans. I, I think I am too. I like I've always liked Derek Carr, and I like the fact that one of the Carr brothers actually was able allowed to be put in a position where he could have some success. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Um, last game, 49ers at Raiders. Uh, I'll start by talking about <clears throat> Aiden O'Connell because he was for some reason the big story on social media after this game. 15 of 18 for 141 yards and a touchdown. I guess he was a sleeper in the draft. Um, he's not somebody I, I remember at all. Um, but a lot of people saw how he looked for the Raiders and thought, oh, man, he could – maybe he's a, he's a draft gem or a draft steal. You know, good for them. Something to at least watch the next two weeks in the preseason. If, if he is, that'll be good because they just traded in an old quarterback in Derek Carr for an old quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Who a year ago nobody wanted. And who they could not even train him up the last so, couple of years. So probably will no. miss some time at some point. If Aiden O'Connell is good, that'll be very good for the Raiders. Yeah. Especially if Jimmy G is a hurt or just B not as good as he once was. Agreed. Um, and then the last thing for the 49ers quarterback situation, always a question mark. Sam Donald, 5 of 8 for 84 yards. And then Trey Lance, and this is this is exactly looking at the box score versus watching the plays. He went 10 of 15 for 112 yards and a touchdown, which looks good. Um, but he was sacked four times because he didn't get rid of the ball. His touchdown was a lucky bounce that should have been a pick. 
And then he had another interception that was right into a guy's hands that got dropped. So could have looked a lot different on paper. Um, and then I and then I heard something. There was a report yesterday that uh, basically the 49ers are just giving up on Trey Lance already. They're just like, no, he's done. I've heard that as well. Yeah. They're like, we just really want Sam Darnold to be our backup. And I'm like, based on what? I, what? How did they Kyle What Shanahan, has he done to warrant that? It makes no freaking sense to me, dude. To go from trading up to get him to they just like, bah, we're just going to make him inactive. Letting him play 14 plays last season. And then you're like, nope, we don't want him. Yeah. That makes no freaking sense. That, like, I understand being called a bust if you play and are a bust. He doesn't pay, hasn't played. Yeah. Hasn't had. Hasn't even had a chance. Hasn't had a, a, a lot of time. This is a, this, this is a guy you trade for. This is a guy you give up a sixth round pick to take from this team. Absolutely. And if he tears it up, you make them pay for it because. He's never played. There's nothing to say he's not good. The only he's thing injury I can prone, sure. Think is that he is so bad in practice that Kyle Shanahan and they're just like he's so bad in practice they don't even they're just done with him. That's the only thing I could possibly think. Because I, I haven't mm. seen enough of him to make a judgment. And the only thing they've seen no. him do is practice. So that's my only thought. I have no idea. And again, I also don't know if it's that true. Didn't... You know, it could just yeah, be say, I I doubt he practiced a lot after his injury. Since the injury. Right, probably and just this summer. Before then, he practiced good, well enough to be the starter, so I don't know. I, I have no but idea. I'm with it's, you. I, it's, there, who knows? That's speculation, trying to guess what the situation is, but I don't understand it. I don't, so we'll I don't think they're going to do something crazy like trade him or cut him this year, but next offseason. He'll be yeah. the third string, and then everyone will wonder why this guy just... <laughs> yeah. What happened there? Crazy, crazy. But at the very least, I mean, that has to go down. It's probably the worst trade in draft history at this point. Unless Trey Lance can can suddenly bounce back for the 49ers. If he does it somewhere else, it's still a bad trade for the 49ers. <laughs> no. It's, it's overall, it's just bad yeah. in general. So. Well, all right. Well, that was week um, one. Uh, let's dive on into our our picks for the 2023 standings. We kind of did this with the AFC. We picked our division winners. I don't remember if we did that for the NFC last week. I feel like we didn't. Actually. We kind of did as we went through. Did it, we do actually. it? Okay, um, we did. But I I didn't pay attention to it as I didn't the for week before because I'm like, well, we're gonna do this in two weeks, and all my picks will be changed because I'll have forgotten these. So. Well, these ones are on paper. These are, are yeah, these ones are in. on paper. We're gonna which is good because on the podcast I, they are being locked in. <laughs> I remember saying things that I'm like, this might be surprising, but I'm picking them to win this division. I could not remember who those people were, so they're probably not listed here. <laughs> they're not official. You saved so. yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll start in the AFC because we preview we we recapped them the first two weeks ago. Anyways, um, AFC North. Uh, we both picked the Bengals. I mean, that's not super surprising. Um, yeah, I mean, any any comment on that? I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. I, I, do, I will say the AFC North does have three very competitive teams, and, and even the Steelers, if Pickett takes a, a big step up, in my opinion. Yeah. I... 
Hold on, I'm tr- I, I'm making some like changes oh, here oh, at the oh, end, which okay, are okay. no need to not on, happen. It's on, it's on paper, and now he's got to change it. No, no. Uh, yeah. I just think the Bengals are definitely they've won the division the last couple seasons. They're the best team all around. I do like the Ravens and Browns. We'll get to that later. For, um, and the Steelers could be very good, but I I just think the Bengals are are just too talented. I just with everything that's gone on with the Ravens. Contract situations, uh, J.K. Dobbins being injured. There's just so many things we talked about during the AFC preview with the, the Ravens that I just can't pick them to win the division. Now, they are really good. They had a really good record last year, and I don't see that record going away or being bad this season, but I can't pick them to win it when the Bengals can win nine straight games and take the division. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, AFC South, I think this one's a little easier. We both picked the Jaguars. I think I, I, there's no way in hell the Texans or Colts are, are possibly going to win that division. Um, and the Titans, the Titans, maybe, but... I going to say, the only can't. team in that division with any chance of anything we wrote down on paper is the Titans with a far outside shot of making that last wild card spot. Yeah. I don't see him winning the division. No, I think the Jaguars honestly are are going to break out and win. They they could win like 11 games this year. Like they're going to go nuts. Um mm-hmm. yeah. AFC East, we actually do have differences here. Um I went with the Bills. Um probably, you know, uh, the obvious choice. Um but I, and I'll tell you, you you went with the Dolphins. My only concern there was to his health. If Tua stays healthy, absolutely could see them upsetting the Bills for the division. But I picked the Bills because I, I'm just a little wary about Tua being able to stay healthy. Well, I'm wary of the Bills being good for an entire season, which doesn't happen all the time. So they either do really good at the beginning of the season and really bad at the end, or really bad at the beginning and really good at the end. So I see I see both sides here. Tua could be injured this season and the bills could be bad and good within the same season. And you're still tossing the coin in the air to see which one's winning the division. So I think it's going to be the dolphins. I just think the bills just constantly find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think they're actually going to do it in season instead of the playoffs this time. That could happen. Could happen. I'm just, they've won the division the last three years. It's definitely not the Patriots or, or jets in my opinion. Um, the Dolphins are are definitely going to make it uh, uh, make it close. Yep. Especially if Tua does stay healthy, yeah, absolutely can see that upsetting. Um, AFC West, we both picked the Chiefs. Um, again, it's it's the obvious choice. The, the AFC West does have the um, a lot of good teams in it, uh, especially if the Broncos bounce back. Um, but the Chiefs are just they're the Super Bowl champs. They're the Chiefs. Oh, I can't pick against them. I can't pick any team in there besides maybe the Chargers. Yeah, they I mean, they I were just, my they're they're not, the only other team I would have picked. Sean Payton, good coach on the Saints. Broncos, bad team with Nathaniel Hackett, still bad. Unless Russell Wilson can be old Russell Wilson. But here's the thing. Russell Wilson wasn't old Russell Wilson on the Seahawks. So to me, there's nothing to indicate that he'll be the old Russell Wilson on the Broncos. I feel like he was deteriorating and going downhill as far as MVP caliber, Super Bowl type quarterback for like two or three years on the Seahawks. 
It did really did not surprise me that much last year that he was not doing well on the Broncos because he saw it in Seattle. Now, how fast he deteriorated from how he was in Seattle to what he was last year, that was the surprise. But I just, sorry, I don't believe in the Broncos. Yeah, you have to see it first. Like, I mean, there's the possibility that Sean Payton turns him around, but even then, they still have the Chiefs. They still have the Chargers. The Raiders, um, it'll remain to be seen how, how Jimmy G fits in there. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I the Chiefs. The, the Chargers are the only other team I think could possibly win this division, but I just it's the Chiefs, you know, it's Mahomes, just continually does it. Andy Reid. Um, as far as wild card teams, I, I mentioned the Ravens and Browns in the AFC North. I really like the AFC North, um, so I went with the Ravens and Browns as two of my wild card teams, and the Chargers as my uh, last wild card team. Um, I, I didn't put the Dolphins on there. That one was very tough. I went with the Browns instead, um, just because again I I love the Browns. Uh, players, if Deshaun Watson finally there for a full season, um, and again with two his health, but that one's tough. The the last team between the Browns and the Dolphins is it's very very tough. But I just erred on the side right. of of Tua staying healthy. Well, I picked the Dolphins, so I automatically put the Bills in there. After that, uh, Ravens as well, since I took the Bengals. And then my surprise team is the Jets. I don't have the Chargers in. I have the Jets. I don't have the Browns in because I have the Dolphins. So, right. My surprise team there is really the Jets. Well, Jets and Dolphins are the difference for me between yours. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two different teams between uh, playoff teams um, and obviously the one division winner. That, that also gives us three AFC East teams in the playoffs. And I went with three AFC North teams. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So now to the NFC. Uh, NFC North. Um, I, I, I do remember mentioning this last week because we had the discussion about you didn't want to pick them. I went with the Lions. Um, I, I, I do think they, they win that division pretty easily, actually. Um, and you chose the Vikings, which I, I understand not wanting to pick your team. Believe me. I completely Yes, that. I picked the Vikings. <laughs> I completely get that. They're the only they're the only like complete team still left without questions currently in that division. No, oh, sorry, they're not. The Lions are too, but I'm other than the Lions, the Vikings. So yeah, that's who I picked. Yeah, no, I I I, I think the Vikings. I do have them as a playoff team. Spoiler alert. I just I think the Lions are the better team in that division, but. Um, like I said, I so do I. Not, not, I'm not picking them. I, I get it, believe me. Knock on some wood somewhere. Um, NFC South, we both went with the Saints. Um, this one really... I, I kind of thought about the Bucks because I do like Baker Mayfield, but I just... I mean, Derek Carr is a, it just... Him on the Saints is a good fit. The Saints are the more talented team all around. Um, I think uh, Maurice was talking about this last week in chat. But this might be the division where you get a team with a losing record as the winner. Yes, so an 8-9 and nine team was, wins the division. <laughs> it's a crapshoot, but of the crapshoot, I feel like the Saints have the best core Agreed. of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, NFC East, you went with the Eagles. Um, I picked I the Cowboys, and this is why. Because the NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion in 20-some-odd years, 
I just didn't want to pick the Eagles. <laughs> so I went with the Cowboys. Uh, either one. I mean, the Eagles should win it. Um, but it's just, it's so weird to not have the same team win the division in back-to-back years in like two decades. So I figured I would just uh, go with the side of history on that one and pick a different team than the Eagles. So I went with the Cowboys. Gotcha. Yep, I went the Eagles just because they're the, I feel like they're the best team in the division. So Yeah, they, they are. Um I mean, the, the the in my in my world, the Cowboys are, are twelve and five, and the Eagles are are twelve and five. But the Cowboys win based off head to head matchups or something like that. Like I I don't know. It's yeah. a fluke stat for a team not to win that division in back to back years for that long. So I just I, I'm just betting yeah. on it continuing. <laughs> um, I understand that. NFC sure. West, we both picked the 49ers. I don't think that was. I mean, that's not a question. They're they're the best team in that division. Yep. Uh, wild but cards. I did pick a different team from that division. I saw that. You know what's funny? Card. I was on the fence between the Seahawks and Giants. You went with the Seahawks as one of your wild card teams. I went with the Giants. Either one. I, I swear, I, I probably had Seahawks at one point and then switched to Giants. Um, yeah. But I went with the Eagles because I had the Cowboys win. Uh, you went with the Cowboys because you had the Eagles win. So we both have those two teams in. Um, I went <laughs> with the Vikings because I had the Lions win. You went with the Lions because you had the Vikings win. So, I mean, we have six of the same teams from the NFC making the playoffs. And then the one difference, the Seahawks versus the Giants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we'll see how that goes. I feel like the NFC is a little easier to choose because it's so much more top heavy than the AFC. Like the AFC has yeah. a bunch of teams, you know, they've got the chiefs and the bills and Bengals, but they've got a bunch of teams that, that can move up and down each year where the NFC just seems like it's all, it's like, no, these are the obviously good teams. And then it's, all right, who else is going to limp into the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just exchanged the Packers for the Lions this time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's probably the only difference between the teams we chose and the teams that made the playoffs last year. <laughs> well, no, because yeah, I think the Bucs exactly. won the South, but whatever. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's our... Uh, that is it. That is it. Next, next week. So we're, next week, are we going to do... Um, just who we think is going to win the Super Bowl, or do you want to do like what we think the playoff matches are going to be like, and and all of that, min, min, you know, minute detail, or do you want to just go a Super Bowl pick? Let's go based off this. We'll seed the teams okay. and then pick how the playoff goes. I like for it. each of us a full how breakdown of of how we expect the playoffs to to play out. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. And then we'll save our Super Bowl winner for for the, the the two weeks from now, which will be the I believe the last podcast before the season starts. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode five. We appreciate you as always for checking everything out. Uh, I hope you enjoy week two of the preseason. Uh, like us, read the box scores, watch the highlights. Don't take too much out of it. (laughs) Even though we try to, (laughs) it's still the preseason. Exactly. uh, Few weeks left until the season. We're almost there. But uh, until then, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back with you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. here on uh, YouTube.com slash at Coffin Corner. So until then, and where thanks else for listening. can they find us? I mean, TikTok and and you can Twitter find us on Twitter at Coffin Corners. You mean X? You fi- X. Sorry, you can find us on X <laughs> at Coffin Corners. You can find us on TikTok at Coffin Corner Podcast. 
And uh, those are the three main places you will find us. These are YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Awesome. So until next week, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. And we will be back for episode six. Richie, last words. Bye, everyone. Later, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>